Welcome to the Casual Fridays REI podcast, where you'll learn about the wildly profitable niche of land investing. Active land investors Adam Southey and Justin Sleva are here to share their experiences with you so that you can learn how to build massive cash flow and huge profits from this highly lucrative niche. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Adam Southey and Justin Sleva. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Adam Southey here with my co-host, Justin Sleva, and this is the Casual Fridays REI podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the disease of entrepreneurship. Before we do that, though, let's talk about the Casual Fridays land flipping blueprint. Guys, if you're thinking about getting this niche, you've got to check this out. We've taken all the knowledge we've gained through the years of consulting and the hundreds of clients and put it into this course. It's in an easy-to-follow video format. It's got all the contracts, scripts, forms, and everything we use in our daily business. And everyone that joins gets a free one-on-one training with either myself or Justin. So if you're interested in learning more, all you got to do is go to our website at casualfridaysrei.com. Click on the training tab, set up a strategy call. We'll go over everything you need to know to get started. Happy Friday. Hey. I'm traveling back today. That's very cool that we were able to set this up while you're on a plane. It's like we can see the future. One would think that we could see the future, though. Oh, yeah? I, I really believe that. I really believe that. Like we were just talking before we got on air. We were talking about, you know, finding the right fit for an, a, a younger person to bring up and, you know, the, instilling the wisdom that we have grown. We could make them more money in their life than they've ever realized. But we all get in our own way so much that we wouldn't listen. Yeah. And that's what I was going to bring up. While we could take a 22-year-old or one or 18, whatever age that is, someone much younger than us, and teach them everything we know, mm-hmm. and they would be rich, 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 but they have to listen. Yeah, And that's going to be the toughest part. Because yeah. when, I, when I was that age, I probably would have not and grasped it. I would have grasped it, and then about three months later, I would have thought I was doing it better. Because <laughs> I would have changed the way we did it. And I might have. I'm, I'm one of those guys that just naturally figure things out. But there's mm-hmm. a lot of people that don't. Yeah, I don't know. I think it'd be, it would be very hard. I, I think that's probably why, like, when... Um, Zuckerberg started Facebook at so young, like all these big names came in. Now he didn't just have one mentor. He had a lot of people guide him saying, this is what you do. Don't screw this up. And the Napster dude, he clearly (laughs) needed someone like that. Yeah. But he he didn't. Yeah. And that's why he ended up where he is. And and Zuckerberg's where he's at. That's right. I, I agree with that. There's a journey to this and it's getting around the right people. And I, I can, I often say, you know, I have a mentor that's a commercial developer and honestly, I don't know why he, I know why he took, he took a opportunity with me. And, and sat down for a deal because it sounded interesting. And then in that conversation, he thought what I did sounded interesting and he wanted to know more. And he, he's only a, a couple years older than me and him and his dad, you know, they worked together. So he, they looked, he looked at the opportunity with me and was like, man, this guy seems like he, he's willing to hustle his ass off. He's a workhorse. He's like, man, I just, I want to be on his team because there's going to be something I can, he's going to help me with one day. And I, I know that's the reason why he's, he's been so open with me, but at the same time, I'm getting to see stuff that I've never thought of. Because it wasn't just in my realm of my realm of business. It's not in my everyday life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you're just a tool of that guy making money. <laughs> he did make some money off me. I mean, was, which is good. It's good because it was a business he's in, and yeah. we we were able to plug it. And I learned how to flip houses using direct mail that way. I mean, essentially, he said, "Hey, can you do this on houses?" And I'm like, before anybody was talking about it on the air, doing courses on it, and we put it together. We went to a live event and talked about it after afterwards. Magically, a course comes out after that. And it's funny to me that that all started from a conversation about land. Mm. Hey, I've got this 937 acres I need a million bucks for. Can you, or it was 1900 acres or 1800 acres. I want to subdivide down. I was not ready for a subdivide at that time, but you bet your ass I was going to do it if I had the opportunity. Mm. Well, now we're ready. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, the subdivide I was supposed to go look at last week, we weren't able to go down because they couldn't confirm an appointment with us. I think their agent may have died. Uh, well, if he hadn't died, I mean, he better have a pretty good excuse why he couldn't go, <laughs> couldn't go show a property. Well, it wasn't him not showing. It was just confirming the appointment. We would have shown ourselves. We would have been okay with that. What do you mean confirming the appointment, though? Like, couldn't get a hold of someone to say, hey, we want yeah. to look at it? Yeah. Right. That's essentially what I'm yeah. saying is he better have a damn good reason for not being able to You're exactly right. Not answer the phone. Yeah. we Online presence, we tried to find him on there, and it, we couldn't find all his licensing stuff either. We were like, we tried everything. So we, we've sent a letter to the owners directly just to say, hey, we're trying to get a hold of your agent. We want to come look at this. When can you get us on the property? Doesn't the listing have a phone number? No response. Oh. No set up voicemail. Mm. He's one of those real winners. <laughs> That's probably why it's been for sale for so long. I mean, it, it could be. It could be. You're exactly right. Well, anyway, today's topic. Yeah, I was I was uh, waiting for that because I actually forgot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is entrepreneurship a disease? And we were talking about this at lunch today. It is. It is. I got the sickness. Yeah. Well, it definitely can be, right? And so the reason why, for people listening, the reason why this came up is because Justin and I have a friend. Well, we have multiple friends, right? They're just very content, very happy. Not just not content, it's not a good word. They're happy. Get up, go to work, punch a clock, and when work is over, they go home, no worries and uh, no worries about nothing. Anything. They want enough money to enjoy a toy or two, travel when they want to. They want to know their life outside of punching that clock to provide the means to live the life outside of that is stable and set, and then that's it. They do not want anything more than that and they were okay with it they're happy with it and and then the conversation turned is like you know to us that's odd and we're like well what if he's the normal person and we're the fucked ones in the head i wouldn't kind of go that that brutal on us but yeah what if we're the odd ones you said fucked up in the head what if we were fucked up is what you said at lunch you actually cussed i remember this i don't know about that i may be embellishing a little bit i I have a five percent over under that I'm embellishing, but I feel that's what you told me. That's what I heard from your conversation. And you made a good point because yeah, we've got to be sick. (laughs) I think so. I mean, because there's something very, what's the word I'm looking for? Like easy almost. It sounds very easy to just be happy going to work. I'm going to go work eight hours a day and then guess what? I'm done. Yeah. That done part never happens as an entrepreneur. No. Ever. What do they call that? That meme that you see floating around that says, 40 hours a week working for somebody else is stress. 80 hours working for yourself is passion. I haven't seen that. Oh, that it's, it's a, you know, the, the idea of doing somebody else's dream is, is you're just stress. It's not, no. it's not worth it for you. No, I'm here to tell you that as an entrepreneur, you have stress. Well, yeah, you definitely have stress. I get it though. It's, it's much worse when you, when you have that entrepreneurship disease, working 20 hours a week for somebody else is miserable. It's oh, yeah. just life soul sucking. Yeah. I And I, I watch that. I see these guys that do really well in the corporate America. Then they come and they want to jump into the land program. or they, they do the land program and they start doing it. And at first it turns to a side hustle. But they are so good in corporate America that it's, it's like, man, it's too much freedom for them to be their own boss. They're just like, well, I, I need to make sure I have these things set up. And these every day I have to have this done at this time, these reports. And you're like, well, it's just kind of your business. You don't have to, it doesn't, it's not black or white what somebody else tells you. You have freedom to do anything you want. And I think that makes it hard for some people because if I give you a blank page and tell you to create your own business, you, you, you're going to go back to what you know. Mm-hmm. Is it a good disease though? Have we decided that? I think it depends <laughs> on the day. Oh man, it definitely depends on the day. I get the highest of highs and the lowest of lows when it comes to this. Oh yeah. When it comes to business. Yeah. I was thinking about that the other day. We were, there's a bunch of guys in my neighborhood there trying to find their cable box. And there's like seven guys. They all got their sonars and they're trying to find it. And here I come out there. It's, you know, I just, I go outside, 
get in my truck, go to the gym, come back, jump on my bike, and I'm going to ride a quick five miles. And I'm living, I live in a nice neighborhood, drive a nice vehicle. My wife's at home. I'm in shorts and a shirt. And, you know, quarantine time is different, but now it's back, everybody's back up and working. And the guys are like, hey, man, what's going on? Hey, you know, and I wave and I talk, smile. And I'm like, I wonder what they're thinking right now. Like, what in the hell is this guy doing? He's wearing flip-flops, checking his mail, going back into his office, his office lights on, and then he's just out riding his bike in the morning. And if it's like, it, you know, you look at it and you're like, oh, man, that sounds like the life. And then you're like, you go in there and you've got three things that are kind of closing, falling out, or you got something else, and you're going, oh, it was just such a nice morning, and now it's crap. Yeah. I actually have that happen, because in my neighborhood, there's mostly older people, mm-hmm. and I get out and I walk there every morning. We go on a walk, right? And at the same time, there's other people walking, just walking or walking their animals. And I'd say in the last six months, I've had two separate couples just come up to me and like, we see you out here every morning. Mm-hmm. What do you do that allows you to just walk your dog whenever you want? <laughs> you know, and I assume that's what everyone else feels like too. And in your neighborhood, the same, right? Yeah. It's like, but that also has negatives too, because you dream, you know, you dream this four hour work week. Well, mm-hmm. not, you don't dream, but the four hour work week was such a big deal at one point. Mm-hmm. It's not all it's really cracked up to be. No, you're, you're, you're lonely and you're bored. Yeah, that's right. Everyone, you know, is working 40 or 50 hours a week Yeah, when you're not. Yeah. Like that, that sucks. Yeah. And then when you work from home and your wife and kids are home and you know, there's no time. I'm surprised a lot of people on the consulting calls, like I have to, they, they're like, Hey, Justin, where'd you go? And like, just the computer knocks down because our, I figured it out. What the reason is the microwave runs at 2.4 gigahertz, right? What? Did you know the microwave does that? I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay. So my internet crashes when my wife puts on the microwave. (laughs) It doesn't sl- it doesn't knock you off, but it slows it down to a point because it takes all the two point four gigahertz bandwidth. We have five point zero and two point four in the house. Well, I switched our house modem to two point four because it was faster. Everything else was off the five zero. Well, when she hits the microwave, it knocks it down. So I could be on a consulting call on Zoom, and it just all of a sudden it goes into like a robot mode. And as soon as she stops the microwave, boom, everything's firing off again. That's really weird. I never I've never heard of such a thing. It's I had to Google it. Uh-huh. It said, "What?" I said, "Hey, why does my wireless router knock down when the microwave turns on?" And it says, "Microwaves both run at 2.4, and you may have a 2.4." I was like, "I have a 2.4 and a 5.0, and I've been using the 2.4." There's the reason. Hmm. That's really weird. Never heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's jump back to this question I had: Is this a good disease? Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm say I, I, I'm gonna okay, let me I'm, rephrase it. Yeah. Let me rephrase this. Now that you have worked corporate America, been successful there, worked mm-hmm. your ass off there. And now that you have been your own boss for a long time and you've worked your ass off as a long boss, would you give up the disease to go back to the corporate world and not have to worry about things you worry about now? Wow. Okay. Jessica may listen to this show. So uh, <laughs> she's a couple weeks behind, but I'm going to answer this in a way. No answer is ever good for you when you start it like that. Yeah. But so Corporate America, I ran the operations I ran like it was my own business. And I say that because I thought that's what running your own business was like. Like I took control of it. I took ownership in it. But in the event that I didn't know something, I had corporate policy to fall on. I had somebody else that had a vested interest in it. So in today's world with this, and it was a false sense of security. It wasn't like I was guaranteed a job. At my first, at the, at the first railroad I was. I would, as long as I came in and produced, I probably would have been there for 35, 40 years. You know, but I thought this corporate America was going to provide a long lasting sense of security. Good job. You know, my dad thought I made it. I had good retirement, good pension. 401k was filling up. But after the first, the first year of being an entrepreneur, it really humbled me in life. Like it really changed me. Like I, I was, 
I didn't realize how sick I was feeling inside. And I don't wish that on anybody. Like I, I made it through. Like, you know, I think earlier this week, you know, like moments to define you. We talked about that on Monday. I don't wish the stress and the sickness that I felt that first year of doing this full time because I was having my business was brand new. It was what, four months old? Mm-hmm. And going from that to having to make it a self-sustaining business as quick as possible. Because what we say, I gave myself six months. It's like if you can't make it in six months, so that's 10 months into the business, really. Almost a year. I mean, there was a little bit of education piece at the beginning of that. I'm not counting in it. But, you know, from January, first mailer goes out January 29th, lose your job February or uh, April 21st. And you say, okay, hey, April 21st, at Halloween, if you're not sufficient enough, if you're not making enough money to... To keep this business open, you you got to go get another job. So the stress that came onto me is that sickness. I I don't know. That's like saying, would you go through? Well, that, that one seems like an easy thing. It's hindsight now. No, no, no. I was gonna say for other people to fix by hearing that, right? You just don't leave your job until you have enough money to cover, right? Yeah. You weren't in that situation. I didn't have that opportunity. It was not a. It wasn't a voluntary dismissal. Yeah. We're talking right now. Uh huh. Four and a half years later, could uh-huh. you go back to a corporate job? Would you give it up? It would have to be a very, 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 very good job. Because yeah. you went uh, over a year, was it not putting pants on or not putting shorts on? Uh, no, I didn't. I did. I wore shorts only everywhere I went for over a year. Yeah. And I gave you that option in a in corporate, corporate America. Yeah, that was my, my <laughs> I forgot about that. I remember I showed up that investment, uh, the, the mentor I was talking about earlier when I showed up to my first meeting, he said, you showed up in shorts for a million dollar meeting. Yeah. I said, yeah, you got a problem with that? And he goes, well, I just want to know why. It's like, I wore, I wore slacks for 15 years. I run my own company. My dress code's what it is. And he's like, I like that you know what you want. And I, I said, okay. So, man, I really want to give you a good answer and say I would do it 100% over. Because I would. But I still go back to the, the how much weight and sickness I felt on a stress level. Like, it was, it. was I don't wish it on my worst enemy. Yeah, but we've already discussed that that... They aren't, they aren't given the option of voluntold to leave their job uh-huh. and they have a year. Okay. And, once and their business, build- and their, so their business is already producing what their, their income is and they yeah. have six months a year. I get it. I get it. There's a freedom to it, but then it becomes the, how do you keep the, the plate spinning on the stick? Yeah. I don't, if you're an entrepreneur minded person and that's all you've ever wanted to do. Cause I mean, I've never wanted to do anything except be an entrepreneur. I don't wish a job on anyone that has that same mentality because it is soul sucking. Mm-hmm. it'll ruin you it'll ruin your days it'll, it'll destroy you as a person bring you down like if you want to be an entrepreneur it's hard but chase that dream don't give up on it and like get smarter about it right I've obviously had moments in my life where I just instantly quit a job because you know I'm gonna be an entrepreneur but yeah I'm not making any money yeah you know, two weeks later I'm how the hell am I gonna eat I think that becomes wisdom though that becomes yeah. a little bit of age experience you realize okay I've got some responsibilities I have to cover yeah but you're I, I agree with you. Like now I'm in that mindset and this is where my season is kind of shifted. I don't think I've had this conversation with you. Like I'm in the mindset of we've, we've started three companies. We've got three companies that are all moving really well. Four companies actually that are all moving and doing really well. But my passion, hundred percent passion. If I'm honest with myself, Hey, Justin, what's your passion? It's cars in the beach. Like that's me. That's like, I'm like, I could sit somewhere and talk about cars all day with somebody and be a hundred percent happy. And I'm like, okay, how do, how can I, Twist what I have into that. Take the money you're making and buy cars. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, seems pretty easy. Yeah, just get you some more cars, Justin. I got a bunch of bicycles right now. I saw that. You, you light said, them up like 10 of them. Shit, there's like 12 in the garage right now. I'm restoring one. 
<laughs> it's like my dad's car garage. I know. You know, bikes are cheaper, though, than your dad's <laughs> car collection. <laughs> but I'm going to answer your question, though. Okay, 20 minutes later. I know. That's that's how perplexed my answer is on it. And my answer is, and I'm not going to give you one. Remember that we're selling an entrepreneurship thing here. <laughs> no, and I... Th- so... If you have a job and you want to chase it, you have to take action. You have to get started. You have to find that thing for you that really drives you that is also going to show results. Like I know guys that, talking to a buddy yesterday, he's in the secondary bourbon market. People collect bourbon, get bottles from people, and they resell them. It's a cool little side hustle for him. I don't know how, I don't know the legalities of it, so I'm not going to say his name or what they do, but you know, buy a couple bottles of bourbon that somebody's collection's improving. I assume it's maybe legal, maybe not. I don't know. Um, Sounds legal to me. Yeah. I know wine people have buy wine collections. They have special bottles of wine, but, um, you know, pay a couple hundred bucks for a bottle and it sells for 500 bucks. You know, that's not, he's an entrepreneur and that's not something he's going to make a career out of, but it eases that burn in him or that desire in him to be an entrepreneur. It's got that kind of that hustle, that side hack, because a lot of people, when they say they want to be an entrepreneur, they just need that outlet of, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm creating something for myself. I'm out hunting a little bit. But most people, and that mentor that I was t- talking about earlier, I took him and his wife to a charity event where I'd sp- uh, we had sponsored it. Uh, Casual Friday had sponsored a Crohn's and Colitis event in Fort Worth, and I took them out to that. You sound like you said clones. You know, no, like, cro- like we were cloning people? Yeah. I'm cloning you. <laughs> I want a new best friend. <laughs> That's cooler. <laughs> so I cloned you. But no, we went to that, and he said something pretty profound to me. He goes, you know, when I look around the room in here, he goes, I bet there's probably, there's a couple hundred people there, 500 people. He goes, there's probably only a handful of guys in here that have to actually go hunt for their food every day. He goes, that's the thing about being an entrepreneur that you have to remember. You have to show up to get your food. It just doesn't magically happen. And a lot of people forget that you got to go out and hunt for it Mm -hmm. and you got to continue to hunt for it until you have a big enough nut that's producing for you, but you still hunted for that. That's like setting up your trot line or setting up your fishing, you know, so that there's a, there's an inherent trait that you have to persevere in that. And I think that most people front that they want to be an entrepreneur when all they want is a successful kind of a successful side hustle in the safety of a job. Well, not me. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I've said it a million times, worst employee you could ever imagine. <laughs> and so, but yeah, like, like you said, like people have to get out and hunt. And as you, the longer you do this, the better you get at it. Right. I mean, we've gotten so much better at what we do now oh, that yeah. I feel like, would ma- we need money. We have skills that know how to go make money now and our marketing gets better and we get better at finding not just land deals. We get better at finding any deal. We get better at marketing, not just for real estate, but we get better at marketing for podcasts. We get yeah. just like everything is a trait. I mean, a, a learned trait, skill, whatever. And yeah, our toolbox is a lot bigger now. Yeah. Like I, I look at, I look at what we've, what we've learned with this is and how it can move over to different niches and things like that. And I'm like, you know, we've really created a, a way that we will never go hungry. Mm-hmm. And that to me is important. And I think that's a, I think that's a, a very good point. And I think that people that listen to this, that are doing the land thing and they're doing real estate or they're just, they're, they've got their other side hustle going, you know, that is the the big thing that like, I remember my dad telling me this when I was really young. My dad's an electrician, uh, my dad that raised me and uh, my older brother's an electrician. He, he listens to the show and he's, they learned a skill. And my dad always said, Hey, if you learn a skill, he goes, even if I decide to move to Puerto Rico or, you know, Brazil, I can take my tool belt and I can do electricity there. You know, that's something that he learned. This is a skill that we we have learned. And if we lost it all today, you give me the money to send another piece of mail out, I'm going to make it work again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll just give a credit card. Put yep. the mail around a credit card and then partner up with someone for the money. Yep. Cool. All right. I'm going to let you off the hook on a solid yes or no because <laughs> it's getting a little long. But yeah. um, it's Friday, guys. 
Hope you get out there and have a good weekend, make some money, do some deals. And while you're doing that, go to Facebook, go to Instagram, go to YouTube, hit the like button, hit the follow button, hit the subscribe button, whatever you got to do. And then go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, give us a like, follow, subscribe. Yep. Happy Father's Day to all our fathers out there. You have a Father's Day coming up this weekend. Oh, yeah. Happy Father's Day to everybody. We'll see you on Monday. All right. Bye. Bye.